G'day and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, my name's Lloyd Grolleman, I'm the Aussie Pastor, welcome to our program this week. Hunty, you on board? Yes mate, g'day, how are you? Yeah, very good. This week, remember last week I forgot to turn the mute button off? <laughs> last week was a horrible, a horrible time for us both. <laughs> yeah, we actually had some real technical problems last week we with did. the internet. Yep. We're hoping and praying. We prayed today that the internet will, will stand up. Because we have. This program is live. I mean, it's real, real live. Totally. It's, uh, Tuesday afternoon here in Sydney. Yep. It locked, we're the lockdown capital of Australia. We are. I noticed that Melbourne's, Melbourne's joined us. Right. So if you're listening to, um, to to us in Melbourne, we understand, we get you, we're with you, uh, our sympathies are with you, and uh, you're locked down tight, just like we are, and we're glad you're here. In fact, we're glad that Australia is here. So wherever you are listening in Australia, or even if you're listening online around the world, we're glad to have you to the Aussie Pastor Live. And what about your place, Hunty? Is it raining? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, what are we, 1.9 k's apart as the crow flies? I don't know. How far apart are we? Exactly 1.9 for those of you who don't know, because of lockdown, usually we do this in a studio together. We do. We don't have a lot of technical problems when we're in the same studio, Hunty. That's right. But as soon as we move out of the same studio, we get into big trouble sometimes. That's right. And we're on a wing and a prayer and we're relying on the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And you reckon you're what, 1.9 Ks from me, is as it? As the crow flies, yep. Have you already seen that, checked that online? I've you? checked it online just to be sure we're all legal to uh, okay. wander about. Well, they tell me, and I don't know how true this is, but I was reading yesterday that today and tomorrow a weather bomb has hit uh, Sydney, oh. the east coast of Australia. Did you know that? Yeah, well, it's been raining at my place now for 24 hours. They have these really extravagant terms in the media, though, don't they now? A weather bomb. <laughs> so you expect a cyclone or a yes. hurricane and yes. you wake up the next morning and it's just a, a good day of regular rain. Yes. Rain, by the way, hunty, we need. We do. We yeah, really we do, do need do, it. Do, yeah. So we're glad that wherever you are, whether you've got fine weather, good weather, or whether it's raining, praise God it's raining here. Yep. Uh, whether it's raining, we're so glad you're with us today. And uh, if you want to contact us, and we love to hear from you. We do. Especially by email and or uh, text messaging. Yep. SMS, as Hunty likes to call it. Absolutely. We love to hear from you because uh, your questions are what drive what drive our content. So let me give you the numbers. So before you even give them the number, are yes. we going to do Aussie pa- Ask the Aussie Pastor today? Of course. It's a, a, my favourite segment, nearly. Uh, what is <laughs> nearly? <laughs> What's nearly mean? What is your favourite segment, Hunty? I, I think I like Pastor Harold Harker's segment. Uh, you mean Harold Harker? I do like the, Harold when, Harker. Yeah. When he comes on board and does uh, yep. the stories of yeah, the it's so interesting, so amazing. Yeah. Well, he's on today. Yeah, we've got him on later on. Yep. Yep, yep. He's on today. And a mate of mine who's one of the... He's just an ordinary bloke retired, one of the best missionaries for Jesus I know. We've got him on, going to be really good. But let's get back to yes, Arcee Aussie to Pastor. Us, yes. what, what, if you're listening to this program for the first time, what is Arcee Aussie Pastor? You can, you can text or email us any question, any question for the Aussie Pastor, biblical or otherwise, and he will have a go at answering it for you straight from the Bible. And we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we in do. In fact, we've got some questions in already, Hunty. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. a couple already in, which is great. Yeah, but we want some more. So if you would like to contact us, how are you going to do it, Andrew Hunt? Please, SMS us or text us on 0488-880-851 or you can email your questions to info at aussiepastor.com. So again, welcome. We're glad you're here. And I know over the next couple of hours, we're not only going to have a good time, we're going to see a glimpse of Jesus, of heaven, 
and what he's got in store for us. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Okay, Andrew, this is our news section, mate. Indeed. Actually, this is one of my favourite sections. Okay. It's, it's, it's unscripted. Yes. We, we haven't really even talked about this yet. No. Uh, only very briefly. So I don't know what your view is. I don't know. Well, I, I can guess what your view is because you're one of my best mates, but, I, but I'm not absolutely sure. Um, this is going back to COVID. Now, today in New South Wales, I think we had 750 or 60 cases. So for Australia, still pretty high, but worldwide, really, really good. And, and the Premier said that there are now 6 million people who are vaccinated and there'd only be 5,999,998 without you and me, Andy. That's right. And that's, that's, the, that's the New South Wales number. Yeah, that's the New South Wales. We're double vaccinated. I think we're looking at 50, 60% of the state vaccinated now. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because she's promised. Our uh, Premier has promised us more freedoms coming soon. She's going to make an announcement on Thursday. to celebrate freedom. To celebrate our six millionth jab. You feel claustrophobic, do you, mate? Mate, I've been locked down to what to my house within five k's now for how long? Nine weeks. Uh, Nine weeks and counting. Yes, we have not been able. To, I don't even know what's happening to our studio out at my farm. Yeah. That's our main studio. That's our main. We don't studio. even. We don't even know if it's still there. No, <laughs> we got to. We're trying to get out there, but we've got to get a permit, and then you got to get online for a permit, and you can't get one. That's right. Very, very exasperating. New South Wales government, we love you, we're praying for you, but you've got to sort that out. In fact, if anybody who knows the link for the permit, please send it to us. Info at aussiepasta dot com. Oh yeah, we'd love that. <laughs> we'd love that because <laughs> we can't find it. We can't find there, it. <laughs> if the Premier of New South Wales is listening, that's right. There is no link on your government site. Everything you on click how, on is dead. <laughs> yeah, on how we can get a permit to get out to our studio at the farm. But that's not what I wanted to talk to you about. I, I found this incredible. I, I'm going to read a little bit. This is from. In fact, before I ask you, Humpty, yep. uh, I share this with you. What's your favourite news service? If you were to trust one news service, if there's something huge going oh, on, which dear. one would you trust? No, I can't. I can't trust any news service, but I like my news visual. So I've pointed a camera at it, and if I'm seeing a live camera, it's probably correct. Yeah, but but, but who are you going to go with? Channel 9. Okay, I'm ABC. Oh, I watched ABC News the other night. I, I'm talking no, news, Hunter. It was a poor show. No, no, no. I'm not talking, I'm not talking comment and opinion. I'm talking about the actual ABC News. No, I don't. I disagree with you on that one, but that's all right. You're my mate. Okay. Yeah, he used to work for Channel Nine. Here we go. <laughs> Listen to this. Yep. This is only 16 hours old. This story. So this is brand new, really straight off the press. Although 16 hours in our day and age is, <laughs> it's old news almost, isn't it? But listen to this. Yep. I want to get your view on this. New South Wales Police issued $35,000 in COVID-19 fines after around 60 people were on Sunday sprung gathering at a Western Sydney church where the pastor declared the lockdown is over. Hold it, hunty. I can, mm. I can see you're getting ready mm. to go already. I am lining up. O- o- officers, just a minute. Hold on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> officers were called to that, and I'm not going to name the church. On the 4th Avenue in Blacktown about 7.30pm Sunday night after multiple, multiple complaints were made to Crime Stoppers. In a video of a service held earlier in the day posted on social media, Pastor so-and-so can be heard urging parishioners to join him in prayer for the New South Wales government. And so this is what he said, and he's praying. In the cities of New South Wales, in the name of Jesus, we declare the lockdowns are over. In the name of Jesus, we refuse every lockdown in our cities, he said. 
We declare that as well with the government of New South Wales, as well with the people of the state. There is peace in the land. People have peace in their jobs, in their business. Their businesses are returning to normal. Every park is coming back alive. The streets are coming back alive. The New South Wales police minister, he's a pretty tough dude actually, Hunty, yep, yep. David Elliott, said he was stunned by the gathering and did not accept that having different cultural backgrounds was an excuse for the breach. I'm actually quite stunned, Mr Elliott told Nine Radio. When you consider churches are there to, and this kind of hit me in the heart when I read this, Hunty. Yep. When you consider churches are there to profess the message of hope and love and to have those people just endanger community because they are actually potentially going to spread a virus, it's just extraordinary. Mm. Every culture has habits and traditions of getting together. We've all, and this is what the police minister said, we've all got to make sacrifices. Now follow this. 60 people were inside, including adults and children, police said. 30 attendees were... Uh, 30 attendees received $1,000 penalty infringement notices while the organisation was issued a $5,000 fine. And this church sits in the Blacktown local government area, which is one of the 12 hotspot LGAs under tighter restrictions. And it just goes on and on. Yeah. What do you think about that? A church getting together in the middle of a lockdown? I, I detected there's two parts to this scenario, to this question. Firstly, that the pastor should should dare to make a declaration that the pandemic's over and the lockdown's ended. By whose authority did he claim that? And secondly, um, it's, it's an absolute disgrace that people in their right mind in Sydney, knowing the dangers of spreading this disease, would have the tenacity to front up to church and share their germs. Uh, well, you're scathing. Absolutely <laughs> scathing because... Sure, you might survive the pandemic because your body's fit, fit and healthy and you've been double vaccinated. But what about someone who's immunocompromised? I mean, my wife's got no immune system because of okay, the drugs she's on. But there are people in the, in, the, in the society who are unable to take the vaccine, unable to protect themselves. And I, and I see these people going to church with no consideration for their fellow man. Well, question without notice. Yep. First you said in whose name has the pastor... Uh, uh, called the pandemic off. the pandemic's off, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he, it was in Jesus' name. John 14, I think this is where he'd be coming from, John 14, 13 and 14, where it says, Jesus says, if you pray for anything in my name that will bring glory to the Father, I will do it. Sure. So he's thinking to himself, this is going to bring glory to the Father. I'm praying in the name of Jesus. We can, this is actually a man of some faith. Yes. We can, he's saying, in the name of Jesus, stop the pandemic. I agree with all that. Well, he needs to wait and see. After he's petitioned the Lord, he needs to wait and see the outcome. He's he made the petition and then took it as took it as read. Okay. Do they deserve the fine? Uh, well, I think it was like thirty five thousand dollars worth of fines, and this sounded like a pretty. Small and probably not a wealthy church. $35,000 is a lot of money. Look, the fine, the fine isn't the issue. The, the, the issue for me is the potential loss of life. You, no amount of money can buy life back. Where does religious liberty, the, the, the right, and we live in a Western country where we do have this inalienable right to worship in freedom, um, how does that fit into this scenario, or doesn't it, Andrew? And by the way, look, for those of you who are listening, I'm just garnering Andrew and my, we're, we're talking. Of course. This, this, this is just a, views 
uh, of two mates as we talk on radio about a situation in the church, which is not too far from New Hope, by the way, Hunty. Look, I think if, if the government says uh, we don't want you to worship anymore because we don't like God, well, I'll challenge that. But when they say we'd like you to keep away from church because we're trying to save the community from death from a pandemic, that's a whole different issue. It's not religious liberty. It's common sense. Okay. I mean, so, I'm, 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 I'm one sentence short of calling them nutcases. <laughs> if I'd had a little thing there where I could have <laughs> muted you there, I, would have I didn't muted call them nutcases. I said I'm only a sentence away, though. I, look, I think in this, this, this is my view. And we get, look, I'm actually going to open this subject up in our Bible study today, Hunty, because I think it's Good. an important one. We're going to yes. look at it from the perspective of the Bible. What does Jesus say about this, how we should relate to government officials, how we should relate to these laws, and where does religious freedom and and my rights to worship God as I feel convicted to do come into this whole scenario? We're going to look at it. Great idea. This is, this is one thing I'd like to say as we come to the end of this little section yep. because I, I don't want to talk about it too long because I want to study about it later. Nice. Hey, as we go through this pandemic together, I think we're going to have to learn to be kind yes. and gentle yes. and sensitive to each other, to be empathetic. Now, Hunty is a pro-vaxxer. Course. And solidly so. Yes. And so am I, actually, Hunty. I'm with you. On that, we're together. Yeah, I must say I've never had a flu vaccine in my life because I don't like to put anything in my body and I like my immune system to grow its own defences. But in this particular case, I'm 100% on board. Well, see, Hunty and I disagree on that. I get a few flu vaccine every year. Every year he gets the flu, I don't. Well, that's hang on another, a minute. That, that's enough. I've story. not had it this year, have you? Uh, Do yes, you have, you have it now? <laughs> no, I don't have the flu now. I haven't Last had week. the flu this year. No, I haven't had the flu this year. Not once yet. Uh, I've had other issues, but they can't be fixed, unfortunately, with jabs. Um, that that being said, yep. um, um, we need to be empathetic to each yes. other. We need to be sensitive. We need to be kind. Totally. We need to recognise that there is room when it comes to these discussions and subjects for other views. Yes, would have been interesting, actually, Hunty, to get someone on who had a different view than you or me on this. If you go to my to Facebook hear. page, I'm sure I can find you a heap of anti-vaxxers. Well, I think that's the reality. Um, there are people out there who don't believe uh, in vaccinations. They've got a right not to. In fact, Hunty, I'll go further. We have family who is not on. Both of us have family, close family, yes. blood, yes, who are not on board with what we're talking about today. True. And so wherever you are, however you're dealing with this pandemic and whatever you think and whatever you believe, the one thing you've got to remember is as these things, these troubles and these challenges sweep across the world, and they're going to become, I believe they're going to become more intense and more frequent. As these things sweep across the world, let's treat each other with love. Let's be gentle. Let's not be cliche about this. Let's actually do it. Yes. And let's keep looking up because our redemption, Jesus coming, is almost here. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. There's this school, Hunty, in Canada yep. that I wanted to send my son Emmanuel to. Oh. It's called Fountain View. Yep. It's a really hot, really good Christian school. It's got a really high standard of education. But you know what else they do? I do. They, yeah, what? No, you told me. They're big, yep. on, they're big on music. They're big on music, and my son's a musician. Yep. In fact, he's a very accomplished and talented. violinist. Very talented. Yes, he is. 
In fact, both my sons are very talented musicians, aren't they? Indeed. Uh, and this song, Sound the Battle Cry, actually comes out of this school in Canada, Fountain View, where I was going to send my son, but, you know, COVID's brought that to a grinding halt. It's, it's a beautiful su- song sung by school kids, young people. All these kids are under 18. I think you're going to enjoy it. Sound the Battle Cry. for a bunch of kids. Wow, that's a ripper. Yeah, they are. And they put out some beautiful music. In fact, if you want to listen to a bit of music from Fountain View, and I do, I do, I listen to their music a fair bit, just uh, Google them on YouTube. Can I say that? Absolutely. Not Google them on YouTube, search for them them on on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to YouTube and search Fountain View and you're going to hear some beautiful music. Now, we have Harold Harker online. Well, I'm hoping we have him online, Andrew. I'm hoping we do too. Is he there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Absolutely. We can hear you, but I can't see you. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on there, Hunty. We have this We have this system where it's called Riverside FM, where when we're interviewing people like this, we can actually see them and we can hear them. Hunty, is there yes. a reason why i got no picture here, mate, or is that how it's going to be? I think that's how it's going to be. I think the camera must be off at uh, Harold's end. Ah, okay, Harold. Don't worry about it. We can hear you, and yes. that's what matters. That's what matters. Okay, uh, good to be with you. How are you doing? 
I'm doing fine today. Uh, that's good. Uh, I know you had a, a little interview with the dentist earlier in the day, so we're glad to have you here. Uh, we're, we're talking about a very interesting fellow today. His name is Dr. Peter Chamberlain. Now, Henry VIII, I think he died somewhere around the middle of the 1500s. He was the one who brought the Protestant Reformation. Now, we might talk about him one day, Harold. Uh, sure. But he, he brought the Protestant Reformation through devious means, but nevertheless, he did it into England. So this is a little bit after Henry's time. England is shifting towards Protestantism. And this man, Peter Chamberlain, was born in 1601. What ancestry did he have and what did that mean? Well, Peter Chamberlain, his father was called Peter Chamberlain the Younger and he and his family moved from France and so the background is French and uh, being a Protestant in France, it would have been French Huguenot. That mm. came when they moved to England to escape the persecution in France. So he's French? Yes. He, well, he grew up in France, but uh, he would have been born in Britain. His father came from France. Yeah, but his ancestry is French. Is Chamberlain a French name or, or uh, I guess we not. don't know? No. Yeah. It sounds very English, actually. Maybe they changed them. I don't know. Uh, so he, he, his family moves from France to England as, uh, would you say, Religious refugees. Yes, it was in 1569 and they were religious refugees because the Huguenots were being really persecuted right across France. Just for our listeners so they know, who are the Huguenots? The Huguenots were French Protestants who lived in that country and it's interesting that uh, the Chamberlains not only were Huguenots but they're also Anabaptists who believed in baptism by immersion just as Jesus was baptised. Okay, so they're Protestant Baptists who believe in baptism That's by right. immersion. What I actually find interesting about this fellow is I think he has a religious ancestry where we could actually say Adventism itself comes from. Am I going too far saying that? Well, we, we're certainly their cousins in that area and we uphold the Bible together, yes. Okay. Now, now he comes from a, a very educated family. In fact, they were doctors and they invented something. Can you share that with us? Yeah, well, his father was a doctor and his grandfather a doctor and they were specialists in gynaecology um, and as they trained, they invented delivery for and they kept them to themselves. It was their specialty so that hard births, they had the advantage over other doctors. Now, that would have been a big deal back then because in those days, a lot of children and their mums would die at childbirth, correct? That's correct. And so, uh, he, he must have had great results. So he would have had better results and he was then seen as the doctor to have if your wife was going to have children. So he... They developed these forceps, which are really instruments to help them get the baby out. Is that, is that correct? That's right, in hard births. Okay, so his grandfather's a doctor, his dad's a doctor. Tell us about Peter Chamberlain's education. Well, he went to a merchant tailor's school to start with and then to a manual uh, college at Cambridge University. Now, can you imagine he was just 14 years of age when he went to university? Wow. And uh, 
then, of course, after that, he went to Heidelberg across in Germany and then down into uh, Italy to the University of Padua in 1619. He would have been just 18 years of age going over to Italy, which was the best, the leading medical school of Europe at that time. So he was well-educated. Oh, yes. And when he came back, Oxford and Cambridge both gave him degrees. He was very, very well-educated. This is at a time, too, when medicine is really starting to take off and they are actually starting to make some real gains in, in helping people. Often before this time, medicine was a dark art. And so it's interesting to see that this man of God is well-educated and making a difference. Now, you've, you've kind of indicated already why, though, did patients want so desperately to see Dr. Chamberlain. In fact, Harold, I'm pretty sure that if you'd been in those days and your wife was having a baby, you'd want her to, to see Dr. Chamberlain. But what was it about him that had mothers and fathers flocking to him? Well, he had the greatest success in, in uh, the birth of children, uh, where others it was a... A touch and go, he had a lot more success and because he had the forceps, but he also uh, believed that babies, when they were born, they should be washed. Yeah. Now, can you imagine a baby being born and not being washed? Mm, but he mm. promoted that and that helped his babies survive. Actually, when I was reading about this guy, we often see Florence Nightingale, uh, a nurse in World War One, as being no, not World War One, won the Crimean War, as being uh, the one who brought in uh, cleanliness. But really, this guy was onto it many hundreds of years before her. The idea that you would wash and keep clean to keep the germs away—amazing, really. Uh, and I think it's worth just reminding our listeners that in these days, when when you would find out your wife was pregnant, there'd be great celebration and there'd be great joy, but there'd be also a, a fair bit of trepidation because really, and I'm, I'm going to say it again, a lot of mums and a lot of babies would die in childbirth. And so this man brought in instrumental changes that saved a lot of lives. Uh, in fact, so famous did he become that he attended the birth of who? Well, King Charles II was born to Queen Henrietta Maria and he attended Henrietta Maria at the birth of King Charles II. So he was very well thought of. You can't get much higher than that, can you? No, you can't. Um, now tell us about his marriages, and I, I use that plural, and his family. Okay. Well, his first marriage, he married a Jane Middleton, who was the eldest daughter of Sir Hugh Middleton. And obviously she died a bit later on and he married a second wife, Anne Harrison. But this guy, he fathered 14 sons <laughs> and four daughters with those two wives. 18 wow. children. <laughs> and brought them all safely into the world too. He sure believed in childbirth. <laughs> he did. Uh, who was he the court doctor to? Well, he was the court doctor to several physicians and the kings and queens of England, and as well as that, even the Tsar of Russia used him. So he was well-known right across Europe as the person to get if your wife's going to have a baby. He, he actually um, had become very famous, uh, world-famous, actually. That's correct. Uh, and he was being used by a lot of people. Uh, this guy, was, was he... 
Was he reserved? Was he flamboyant? What sort of personality did he have? He was a real out-and-out-in-your-face. He was a flamboyant guy. In fact, he was so flamboyant that it strained his relations with the Royal College of Physicians. As well as that, they didn't like how he was trying to train the midwives. And also, this guy, after the First Civil War of England and the parliamentarians won, he put a, a request into Parliament. He wanted to have the monopoly of all the public baths because he believed in having a bath, and he yeah. promoted that. So he was promoting bathing not just for new babies, but he was promoting bathing for everybody. That's right, and most people didn't have a bath in once in a fortnight if they were lucky. Yeah, oh, dear, awful. And he, you said he trained midwives. In other words, he's beginning to train nurses well he wanted to have the training of nurses under him and under the doctors you see they were sort of separate and uh, but he tried to bring them in and train them yeah okay so he was way ahead of his time you're right but he was flamboyant he was disliked and he gets dismissed by the royal college of physicians what happens there well you know, most doctors and most professionals have to do certain amount of training and he missed ob obligatory lectures. He didn't go when he should have gone and if you don't get qualified enough in those areas, they said, okay, you're finished with us. Is there, is there a reason they did that? Like, it, was, it, was it really as simple as that or was it a jealous, do we know, or, or, or we just got the story, well, he didn't go and he got dismissed? I think he just, just, I think he was so flamboyant, they didn't like this guy who's out in front of everybody. Yeah. And here's an, here's an opportunity. And they used this just to push him out when he didn't go to the lectures they had arranged. Okay. Uh, now, this is what I find interesting about this guy. And this is why I wanted to ask you some questions about him. You've kind of indicated already, but just remind us what faith did he belong to? Well, he came from this background of. Uh, the uh, Huguenots and Anabaptists, he sided more with Baptists, but he was also a thinker and joined different groups. At that time, there was even a group called the Fifth Monarchists. Yep. It was a very extreme Puritan sect. So he was a, a Puritan, but tended toward the Baptists. He kind of took those guys on in discussions, didn't he? He did. Uh, I did a little bit of reading about that. It seems to me that he kind of... Uh, lent more to uh, salvation by faith through the grace of Christ. Yes. Uh, and he would argue with these guys who are very much into the law and you've got to be perfect to be in heaven. Um, what doctrine, what special doctrine that was un very unusual for the time did he observe and follow? Well, well, besides being leaning toward the Baptists and he finally finished up with the Baptists, yep. he believed that the seventh day of the week, the Sabbath, and he associated with Sabbath keepers who met at Blackfriars every Saturday and he was part of them. And so he was not only a Protestant and a Baptist and with a Huguenot ancestry, but he was a Sabbath keeper. So he was a seventh-day Sabbath keeper, is that what you're saying? That's right. Okay. And as I was reading this story, I found out that he would actually go and argue with other church groups, particularly with his Baptist friends, 
over Sunday v the Sabbath. That's correct. He argued, he he was a great, not only a good thinker, but he tried to push his thoughts with as many as he would listen to him. Well, he's flamboyant. He's he's very out there, and he did like debate. There's no doubt about that. Um, was he interested in Bible prophecy? He sure was. In fact, Bible prophecy was another of his specialties, and he would argue he would correspond even with Bishop Shelton. Now, let me tell you this. In his arguments with Bishop Shelton, he talked about Daniel 7.25 when this power would think to change times and laws. Of course, with him as a Sabbath keeper, he said you can't change God's Sabbath. And he was one who corresponded with even the bishops of the country on this. Yeah, he he was out there, he was sharing. Here you've got the most famous doctor in the world of his time, He's serving kings and queens and emperors and czars, and yet he's a man of faith. He's more than a man of faith. He's a man of the Bible and a man of faith, and he's a Sabbath keeper. I I find it incredible. Uh, Where did he live and next to what church, and what does that actually mean? Well, actually, he lived out at a place called Woodham Mortimer, which is to the east of London, and he had a great big house called Woodham Mortimer Hall right mm-hmm. next door today to St Margaret's Church, and that was his place. So he must have commuted when he needed to from the country into the city. How far out of London would that be, do you know? Oh, probably about 20 or 30k or more. Okay, so he was living out in the country. Yeah. We've talked about a lot of reformers, a lot of famous men and women during this time, some of them betrayed their faith under pressure. Did he ever betray his faith? Not that I know of, but he, there is a plaque on his um, tombstone, a great plaque with all his faith put there. Mm. And this guy, he really believed in the joyful resurrection coming in the last days. So he, he looked forward to the time when Jesus Christ would return and raise him from the dead. I find that amazing too. So you've got a man of the Bible. He's a Protestant. He believes in faith, saved by faith alone and grace. He's a Sabbath keeper. He believes in soul sleep. In other words, when you die, you go to sleep and you wait for Jesus to come to the resurrection. He is a very biblical man. He followed the Bible. The Bible was his his textbook, as you like, and it's, it was his authority, and he, he lived by it. I, I like it because often when you look at the reformers, they're a bit more stoic and staid. But here you've got a flamboyant, highly educated, out there guy who loves the Lord Jesus Christ and stands for him no matter what. Uh, how old was he when he died? Did he live old, young? What happened? He was quite an old man for those times. He was 82 when he died in 1683. Okay. So when you look at his life, and I know you've studied him a bit, have you ever been to actually where he used to live and travelled through his pasture, so as to say, Harold? I've been to the house that he lived, and in fact, inside, in a special hiding place, yep. there was a copy of the obstetrical forceps, and it's now in the Royal College Museum. So that's where he lived. I've been there. I've seen his tombstone, and I've read about his faith. This guy was a man of faith who followed the Bible in every way possible. I reckon Harold of COVID-19 ever stops. And you and I and Hunty, our director, get to go to England like we were planning to yes, do. Yes, please. This would be a good story, wouldn't 
a great place and a good story. Yeah. What, what do you remember Dr. Peter Chamberlain for? When You know his life well. You've studied him. You've been to where he lived. Uh, uh, what do you remember him for personally? I think he did what he could to help others by his profession and he lived his faith as he took the Bible. He lived it. It wasn't just a book he kept in his in his library, it was something that he read and made it part of his life. I believe this guy was a really true Christian following everything he found that Jesus gave him in the Scriptures. Interesting how Jesus took him into the very highest courts of power too where he could have shared his faith, isn't it? Really, really interesting. Uh, is his belief on the Sabbath, last question, is his belief in the Sabbath, is it still relevant today, Harold? Sure is. God wants to give a rest to us all. And in fact, when he made this world, he blessed it. Fantastic. Well, a great story of a great flamboyant man. Loved having you on board again today, Harold. Uh, Good to to talk again. Yes, and we'll look forward to talking to you again in the near future when we look at another life, man or woman, who's made a great difference for God and for his cause in history. God bless you, mate. Sure. God bless. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Ah, uh, another good story, Hunty. What a ripper! You got to love him, haven't you? I do, I do. Here is this guy, uh, really well educated, from a good Protestant family. Uh, fortunately for him, he was born into Protestant England, so it wasn't a time of great danger for him. Although he did live through the wars between the kings and the parliamentarians, which was a dangerous time. Yep. And here he is ministering through his medical science to the greatest and the highest in all Europe. And while he does it, he can share his faith of his love for Jesus. Hey, um, is it too late no. to get a question into the Aussie pastor? No, we've had a couple more rippers come in uh, over oh, the last dear. few minutes. <laughs> Ones I haven't been able to see. That's Never right. to worry. Hey, That's hey, right. look, come on. Is, is there room for some more, Hunter? Yeah, of course. We would love we would love you to send us your questions. Please continue to do so. And you can do so easily. You can text them to us, 0488 880851 or you can email them to us info at aussiepastor.com Don't you forget to check the email Hunter. I'm checking it, he's I'm, an looking SMS, it. I'm looking at it right now He's an SMS text man I am Not sure about the email side of it So You're far? Un- un- untested for me on the email I'm just not sure <laughs> <laughs> He knows exactly what I'm talking about too Hey, this yes. song by Pastor This is the Pastor Yes Pastor Gerrig Pillay He's a pastor up in Newcastle Not we, far from here We had him on our program back a few months I, I like his music I do Yeah, I really do it, It's beautiful music Good yep. tunes Listen to the words Beautiful words And a powerful song Jesus can and will <laughs> Study all the philosophies Having all the PhDs You can sleep on a bed that may be comfortable Having dreams that never end You can travel around and say Everything's going my way 
But there's a longing in your heart that isn't filled Jesus can and will fill your life with peace Never did anyone leave his presence without being changed For if anyone who's in Christ is a brand new man So let the light of Jesus shine throughout the Moves first, along. First time I've heard good. it. Yeah, beautiful words. Gets yeah, moving along. Yeah, moves along. You yep. know what? 
when we're doing these radio programs from our houses, like yeah, this, and yeah. we're not in a secure studio, <laughs> right in the middle of this song, <laughs> down comes my dog. Oh, no. Get it. It, guess what? It's pretty much dinner time for him. Oh, he's, no. He's yeah, dancing. He's a big American staff. Yep, yep, what yep. is he? 50, 50 60 kilos. Yep, yep. In fact, if you watch our, our – actually, Hunty, are we, are we putting a program out tonight? Yeah, absolutely. We've got a ripper tonight, um, 8 o'clock, and you can watch it on findjesus.tv or aussiepastor.com or Facebook Aussie Pastor page. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, yes, it'll be going out live, and I think it's part it's, three. It's, it's actually on what, yeah, it's part three of what Jesus said about the pandemic. That's right. And, and if you watch this program, you, you can catch it uh, uh, online. Yep. Um, you'll see my dog. Yes, it's right next to uh, Lloyd on the couch. You'll see him for the entire program. <laughs> He's a star. <laughs> yep. <laughs> He's like 50 or 60 kilo. He's a big and boy. And at this time of the day, guess what, hunty? It's dinner time. So I bet he's dancing. So, so here I am in my studio here, beautiful song. I've got, I, I, I did put my microphone on mute, mate. Thank you. I put it on mute. Yep. And guess what? The dog comes down and starts to bark. He's talking to me. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm yelling out, Liz, Liz. That's my wife. Please come help. <laughs> so if, if you hear a dog barking, listeners, listeners, just remember we are live. This is live, isn't it? Of course, of course, of course. I, I, I keep saying that. We even do the interviews live. Yep. Uh, Harold was live. The guy we've got coming up, Leon, he's live. But we're going to just spend a little bit of time now and a, a bit of a discussion between you and me, Hunt. You know what? I open with a Bible text. Okay. I like uh, discussing things with you, mate. Do you? Yes, I do. Without notice. <sighs> this one especially is, is pretty much relevant <laughs> for both of us. Okay. Third, third John chapter 1, verse 2. Uh, I'm going to read it from two versions. I'm going to read it from the NIV to start off with. You ready? Yep. This is what John says to us, the readers. He says, Dear friend, I love it when he says that. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. That's, that's a good prayer, isn't it? Yep. Uh, if you read it in, say, uh, the English Standard Version, which is not a good version, it goes like this. Beloved. Don't you like that? Yes. Beloved. Beloved. I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. So I want to talk about a pretty big health issue, Hunty, just for a couple of minutes. How big is the As health said, issue? One that's close to both our hearts, <laughs> and it is a real issue in the Western world. But I want to start by saying this. Jesus, through the prophet John, tells us that we are beloved, and he wishes that we were are in good health. Jesus wants us to be in good health, true? Yep. What do you think one of the biggest obstacles to good health is in the Western world, Hunty? And think you and me. Stress. Uh, yeah. Exercise. That's not what we're talking about. Exercise. Yeah, now you're getting close. Alcohol. Uh, no, we don't drink. Cigarettes. We don't smoke. True. Praise Lord that we don't drink or smoke too, and I'm not having a go at people who do. I'm just glad, you know, alcohol, which is a poison, Causes cancer, same as cigarettes. I don't want that stuff. I don't want it anywhere near me, Andrew. Mm. Yep. We're going to talk about, just for a few moments, obesity. <laughs> I wish the listeners could see Hunty's face then. <laughs> and I want to talk about 10 reasons we here in the West suffer from obesity. Now, can I just give a personal little testimony here for a second, Hunty? Of course. Uh, I've been struggling with obesity, I think, since I was about 45. 
And there's a, there's a number of reasons for that. But I can tell you, and this is my personal testimony, that it causes enormous stresses and troubles and trials on your life, especially as you get older. So I'm 57. I've got this thing because of obesity, hunty, yep. called a post-nasal drip. Mm. Now, if I wasn't obese, I wouldn't have that post-nasal drip. Now, one of the things I love is when I talk about obesity, and, and I've talked about it before, uh, especially on our television programs, people can see me. People always want to write in and give me advice. Have you found that too, hunting? We do get lots of advice, yes. Lots of advice. Do this, do that. Uh, look, that's fine, and, and I'm happy for that, but I'm, I'm not sharing this with you to get advice because I already know what to do. What I'm sharing with you this subject for is because I think we need to ensure that we do everything we can as we get older so that we can enjoy good health. So here I am, 57, post-nasal drip, which is caused by a hiatus hernia, which is caused by my obesity, auntie. Wow. And what's it, I'll give you an example of what it's just done for me in the last couple of weeks. I mean, you said, oh, you've had the flu this year. Well, no, I haven't. I haven't had the flu this year. I haven't been sick once this year. You have. But let's not argue online in front of the listeners. Let's not argue. You know what happened to me because of my obesity? Post-nasal drip caused an infection in my sinuses and in my ears and it went down Ah, my throat and into my lungs. Yep. And I'm still battling. How long have I been battling? Two, three weeks for this? I'm on my second course of antibiotics and if I could get myself fitter and get down to the weight that God designed me to be, I wouldn't be having these troubles, Andrew. Mm. And that's a brutal testimony from the Aussie pastor. But I'm working on it, mate. Mm. But it's very hard. It's a battle of my life. There are ten reasons why people, well, there's, there's probably more, but there's ten big reasons why we suffer from obesity. Do you know what they are, hunting? No, let me know. Number one is genetics. Huh. What your dad and mum were what your grandparents were, what your great-grandparents were, it does have an impact on your disposition to be fat or to be obese. Wow. Does that make sense, Andrew? Sad but true. Yeah. Now, you look at my family. I'll talk about myself in this story. My wife has good genetics. True, Andrew? Yep. She comes from Indonesia. She can eat whatever she wants. Now, I'm not saying that that's good for her, but... Does she ever put on weight? No. Mm. She's got good DNA or good genetics. But there are a lot of us out there who haven't got genetics on our side. My dad and mum always were challenged with weight. Uh, My grandfather was definitely challenged with his weight. So it's come down through the genetics to Lloyd Grolleman. It's not an excuse. It's just a reason. And so when you're genetically disposed to obesity like I am, Really what you've got to do is got to be just a little bit more careful about what you eat, how much you eat. Uh, I think that's important. So number one's uh, genetics. Number two, you'd be surprised at this, Hunty, mm-hmm. and you and me know about this too, is engineered junk foods. Okay. Heavily processed foods which are refined and mixed with whole lots of additives help us to become obese. Okay. We've talked about this, haven't we, Andrew? Re- mm. Remember when, when we're on the – Hunty's very quiet at the moment. Remember when, when we go on the road and we stop to get something to eat? How hard is it for us, you and me, who take our health seriously, and we are both trying to get ourselves yep. in, yep. in, in condition. How hard is it for us to eat? Yeah, we, we try and search for a salad sandwich. 
Very difficult, isn't it? Yep, sometimes. I yep. mean, you stop at a servo on the road, you've got Hungry Jacks. On. Now, I'm not having to go at these companies either. I'm not like that either. Delicious. I think we choose what we eat. What are you going to say, mate? I just said delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I've not had a McDonald's or Hungry Jacks for nine weeks. No, it's been a good thing for you this uh, lockdown, that's for sure. <laughs> I think the point I'm trying to make is whether you're in a supermarket or whether you're on a road trip, Trying to get away from processed foods is is really difficult. Yep, uh, and it's it's adding to our obesity problem. So you got genetics, you got engineered junk foods or processed foods. Then what about this one, number three, food addiction? Oh, I get that. Did you know you can be addicted to food and sugar? Yeah, many sugar sweetened, high fat junk foods stimulate the reward centres in your brain, and you become addicted to those sorts of foods. Hmm. See how well you know me, Hunty. Let's talk about me, not you. Okay. What's my, what's my favourite food? Chocolate. Ah. <laughs> first, first hit. How, how did you know? <laughs> well, ask me what my what my favourite junk food is. Your favourite junk food would be iced coffee. Chocolate. Chocolate too. Absolutely. Ah, okay. Mm. Oh, I thought it would have been iced coffee. Fair enough. I haven't had an iced uh, coffee, but I don't think this year hardly. That's good mm. because your body reacts to them badly. I know, right? <laughs> that's another story, isn't it, mate? Hey, um, hey, let's move on. You know why? Because we're running out of time. No, I no. take my time on this. I've got plenty of time, bro. Oh. Plenty of time for this, and I'm enjoying it. Okay. I'm squirming. Squirm- if, if you think you're not addicted to a certain type of food, then I'll tell you what you need to do is try and give it up. And I tried to give chocolate up, and I have. Oh, well. Mostly, Andrew. Wow. I have. And I had a terrible struggle giving chocolate up. I'll tell you another one. When I was a young fella, and I was in condition then. I wasn't obese. I used to drink two to four litres of uh, Coca-Cola a day when I was a builder. Wow. I can hear people gasping in horror out there. But when you're young, you do stuff like that. I had to give that up. When I gave that up, I actually went out of – it was like I was giving up LSD or heroin or something, Andrew. I actually went through Mm, mm, withdrawal. So there you've got food addiction. And number four, aggressive marketing. Really? Yes. Their tactics can be even unethical at times. And, and you know, I, I can give you a straight example of this. My little girl, Hannah, she's one and a half years old. Uh, we're living in New Zealand. She's never once been to McDonald's. You got me, hunty? Yep. We, we take her to kindergarten for the first time. And at lunchtime... The lady said to her, what would you like for lunch and what do you think Hannah's Oh, had? really? McDonald's, McDonald's. <laughs> and, and the kindergarten teacher tells my wife this after the, after the class that afternoon and she's horrified because d- Hannah had never been to McDonald's. Wow. But the fact is she'd caught somewhere the marketing and had grabbed a hold of a little one-and-a-half-year-old mine and she was hooked in. Wow. So, so there's aggressive marketing. Uh, and there's insulin. I didn't know this. But it's a very important hormone that regulates energy storage, among other things. And one of its functions is to tell fat cells to store fat and to hold on to that fat that they already carry. And yet our Western diet of highly processed food gets in and messes up the insulin. And so when it should be releasing fat, it keeps fat because our insulin levels are all mucked up. How awful is that? Oh, dear. And it goes on. Uh, certain medications. There's this thing called leptin resistance. Leptin is another hormone that plays an important role in obesity. And as we eat these high-fat, high-sugar, high-processed foods, it mucks up 
our leptin. There's food availability. Never has there been food available like there is today, Andrew Hunt. True. You know, my grandmother, she died when she was 101 years of age. Until literally the year she died, you know what she used to do every autumn? What's that? She used to jar food. You know why? Because she comes from a time where there was not food security. All seasons, yep. That's right. And so she would jar, she, she would, she would put food in jars for the winter. She could never get over that. She would never waste food. But we live in the Western culture. Food is available everywhere. What about this one? Sugar. High sugar foods. Have you looked at how much sugar's in your bread? Yeah. Have you looked at how much sugar is in your breakfast cereal? Sadly, yes. Unbelievable. And then, of course, the last one is misinformation. There are many reasons for this, but people are getting misinformation from websites, from advertising all over the place. You put these 10 reasons together, and that's why Andrew Hunt, close to 60% of the Australian population is obese. Wow. And it's causing massive problems, heart attacks, strokes, uh, all sorts of, uh, and I'm having some problems myself. And so what's the answer? What's your... Watch your portion sizes, Mm -hmm. eat healthy, unprocessed foods, and live a life of health because that's what Jesus would want for you. So if you're obese, I can say this, can't I, Andrew? That's right. Us fatties can say whatever we like. (laughs) Yeah, we can on this one. That's right. If you're obese, then like me, take up the challenge. Look at your life, make the changes, and get healthy because I can tell you that's Jesus' wish for you. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Ah, uh, didn't you enjoy that discussion, Andrew? I, I learned something there. You were very, very quiet. Actually. You know, I was thinking at the end when you said um, the misleading of foods. I think probably those health bars that are supposed to be healthy for you, oh, yeah. crammed with sugar. Oh, are they really? Yeah, so I think they're the most, they're the biggest um, wolves in sheep's clothing, I think. You know the other one that gets me all the time? What's that? And I used to think it was healthy, and I was so devastated when I found out. You know those red and blue sports drinks you can buy? Oh, no. Chock a block full of sugar. Oh, dear. And this is how uneducated I was in it. I would look at the fat content of those blue and red drinks. Why? <laughs> I because guess. I thought I thought it was the fat content that made you fat okay. that, that was causing the obesity, yep. but it wasn't. It was the sugar, wasn't it? I thought they were just full of electrolytes. You're telling me they're full of sugar as well. You know that because oh. you're the one. You're one of the blokes who told. Oh well, I haven't had them for a long time. I think I must have given them no. up too. No, in fact, you can drink one of those drinks or you can have a chocolate milk and actually the chocolate milk's got less sugar in it than, oh. than the sports drink. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, we have a funny life. Yeah, we, we do. We, we can be on the road and say Hunty goes in to buy lunch. All right, say yes. I go in to buy yes. lunch. I'll go in and buy lunch and I'll come out with a set. Oh, I don't know whether I should say <laughs> I'll come out for myself with a very healthy Water, but because I want to live vicariously through Andrew Hunt, I'll come out <laughs> with a seven hundred and fifty mil chocolate iced milk. coffee, <laughs> and it's almost like I enjoy you drinking the chocolate milk. Does that make sense? Andrew oh, Hunt? Knowing you well, it does. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, dear, oh, dear. It, but, you know, I have found that this one is the greatest challenge of my life, Andrew. Yeah, me too. I know I'm going to get a 1,000 emails now and a 1,000 yes. text messages telling me how to be healthy and yeah, what, what I plants and what weeds to eat to help us diet. Yeah. Yes. But the thing is, you know what, Andrew? Yep. Most of us, I, both, I know both you and me, we already know. Don't we, Hunter? Yeah, it's what you we put, know in, what it's what we you put in your pie hole. Yeah, we know what we we know what we eat, what we should eat. We know what we should drink. Most people understand that. What we need, what most people need, is power from on high, mm. power from the Holy Spirit, to overcome even these temptations of food and to eat healthy and to eat correctly. I think we've got a a friend of ours going to come on in the next month or so, Hunter, and talk to us about. Healthy eating. Mm, we do. Uh, we do. And her name's Sue. And yep. She will certainly straighten us both out a little further, hunty. Yeah, that's right. Hey, uh, is it is it is it worth having another go yes. at the RC Aussie pasta? Yes. Let's let me plug it. Yep. Uh, we'd uh, we'd like to hear from you. Any comments? Also, if you're new to the program and you would like to ask us a question, but this is uh, the Aussie pasta segment. So um, the Aussie pasta Lloyd, he will answer. Whatever you throw it in from the Bible. So here's the number. Text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one or email your questions to info at aussiepasta.com. Now this next song from Melissa Otto, how long is it, Hunty? Ah, uh, Melissa Otto's song. Rise again. It's three minutes and thirty nine seconds. You got three minutes and thirty nine seconds to text me a question. Okay. Or to get it online, because after that, it's RC Aussie Pass. That's right. No, no, hey, no, no. We, we've, no, we've got Leon coming up soon. Uh, mate, have a look at your program. Yeah. Sign mine. three, can you hear Melissa Otto? And then RC Aussie Pastor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I hate By that. the way, listeners, just so you know, Hunty's the one who put the program I together. I put the program together. <laughs> Not me. All right. I enjoyed that. Can you hear <laughs> Melissa Osto? Beautiful singer and a beautiful song. The long battle is now behind. No more need to be brave. For though we walked through darkest night, now we walk into endless day. Can you hear the voice of Him singing as we
For you, the Father of life, is King and forevermore to reign. I think we need to get Melissa on for our interview soon, mate. That'd be good. She's been in my mind for a while. Really good songwriter, singer. Beautiful. Young lady. Beautiful young lady. mother. Yeah. Yeah, young mother. Yep. She's actually the granddaughter of one of the great Adventist pastors in our South Pacific in the last uh, 50 years. He was really powerful. Billy Otto. Don't know whether you ever knew him, Hunty, but he could preach. Wow. Uh, yeah, you, know, preach. you know, it's time for the Aussie pastor. You won't believe what the first question is. Are you, are you are you hurrying me up there? No, well, you were just talking about um, yes, times up. Let's what a go. lovely lady she is, and and pastors. Yep. Well, the first question is, what does the Bible say about women pastors? Not a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Bible um, it, it basically talks about what it what it what God wants from His pastors: faithfulness, loyalty. Um, he wants them to be men or women of the truth. But it, it, no, look, I know this will disappoint people out there because there's big arguments raging in, in different denominations around the world, including my own, actually, the Adventist one, about whether we should have women pastors. Not me specifically. I think, yeah, I support it because I, I, I see the role of a pastor as just to share Christ, and I think anyone can do that kind of the, uh, you know, the faith of all believers, uh, brotherhood, sisterhood of all believers out there, um, the priesthood of all believers. But the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about it. Um, some people argue with me there, but uh, it's it's just not – doesn't deal with it. All righty. Um, what does the Bible say about tattoos? Hmm. There is one text that says – where God says in the Old Testament, don't tattoo yourself. Huh. Right out. So, so there's only one that I know of. Um, where, 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 uh, can I actually look that up, Hunting? Yeah, yeah, while, yeah. While yeah, we're yeah. going live? Yep. Because I, I know the Bible does. So, so, what is it? What does the Bible say? Uh, yeah, what does the Bible say? Oh. About tattoos. About and tattoos. I've got, the, yep. I've got the text here. I'm just looking it up. Uh, okay, while you look it up. Levitic, I've got it. I've got okay, it. Yep. Um, and, uh, you shall not cut for the dead. This is Leviticus 19. And do not tattoo yourself. I am the Lord. Interestingly, you know what? Um, 
Tattoos are a big thing now. I was reading the other day, actually, that tattoos, once you put a tattoo on, Hunty, your body ceases as an infection. Yep. Yep, and yep, I yep. continue to fight that yep. infection for yep. the rest of your life. Yep. No, I didn't my, know that. My grandfather had tattoos all over him, uh, and I loved him too. Great guy. Uh, but, yeah, the Bible says pretty much don't tattoo yourself. But if yeah. you've got a tattoo, don't worry about it. You didn't know. God loves you. He cares for you. I, I don't think it's that big a deal in the culture we're in today. Okay. But certainly if you haven't got one, don't go get one. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> good. And don't go get one, not just on this, what the Bible says about it. The reason the Bible is against tattoos, by the way, Hunty, it's all yes. coming to me now, yep. Yep. is because tattoos were very much uh, aligned with pagan worship. Okay. And so they would tattoo themselves in the old ancient days, tattoo themselves and align themselves with certain gods. And, and, and God through the Bible saying, hey, don't do that. You belong to me, so don't tattoo yourself. I think it's a bit different today. Yep. I don't think people are going to get tattoos aligning themselves with certain gods out there. Oh, look, the reason, real reason I'd encourage you not to go get a tattoo is because of that infection thing. The moment you get it, the body thinks you've got an infection. Yep. And they are yep. finding now that there can be some pretty serious repercussions about that. Yep. Certainly certain colours like some of the reds can be quite health debilitating. Really? I didn't know that. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, okay. Okay, next question. Um, Does the Bible have anything to say about interracial marriage? There's nothing wrong with interracial marriage. I'm interracially married. I'm an Australian, my wife's an Indonesian. Isn't there a text somewhere that says something about being unequally yoked? Nothing to do with race. Ah. That's all to do, do not go and marry someone. This is God talking to his people. He says, don't go and marry someone who doesn't serve me. And I'm like, Yeah, I'd agree with that. But if you fall in love with a Filipino girl, an Indonesian girl, or an American boy, or whatever, um, feel free to go and get married. Look, there can be some, there can be some uh, issues Cult- culture culturally. Clashes. Yep. Yeah, Lizzie and I have had some culture, <laughs> culture clashes, <laughs> but we've found them funny more than serious because yep. we love each other. In fact, we've learnt from each other's culture. Man, when I married Lizzie... I was a food, what would you call it, hunty? Uh, an ignorant foodoramus. <laughs> an ignoramus with food. And so I married this beautiful Indonesian girl, and she's just uh, lit my whole life up with food. I, I eat foods now I've never heard of before. In fact, before lockdown, there's an Indonesian cafe over the other side of town that we love to go to, and I love to try all these different foods. Man, when I went to Bali, I was in heaven. When I, by the way, when I went to Japan too. Have you been to Japan, hunty? I have. The food there is spectacular. Mm. Loved it. See, no, no, no problems marrying uh, interracially. Uh, you, you know, be aware there will be some cultural issues, but if you love each other, you can get through that. Big problem marrying someone if you love God who doesn't love the Lord. And that's what he's talking about there. Right. Okay, moving on. Um, oh, this is a good one. <laughs> Where did Cain, I guess that's Adam and Eve's first son? Yeah. Where did he find a wife? He married his sister. Simple as that. Okay. I mean, Adam and Eve are the first humans on the on the on the planet. Um, they had children, and their children intermarried. But you got to remember, back then, it's not far from the creation of the Earth. The DNA was close to Eden. Uh, no issues. They married their sisters. Mm, wow. Alrighty, this one's now. Very... You shouldn't do that now, by the way. No. So don't don't get no, this no, wrong. No, no, no. Oh, I'm just sharing with you what actually happened yep. back then. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, this next question is very sobering. Um, can Christians suicide? It's a two part question. And also, what are Christians, what does God have to say about euthanasia? 
look, my advice to you, if you're depressed and you're feeling suicidal, of course, don't do it. Whether you're a Christian or not, don't do it. In fact, Hunty, have you got some numbers mm, there? 13, 11, 14. 13, 11, uh, 14, lifeline. If, if, if you're in a place like that today, you yeah. got a lifeline. What is it, Hunty? 13, 11, 14. Say that again. This is a phone number you could call and yep. you get help immediately. I, I'm going to Google it while you answer the question to be sure I haven't got that wrong. Yeah, okay. And, and, and Beyond Blue, shall I, shall I Google Beyond Blue? I'll, I'll, do do, I'll do them both while you talk about uh, suicide and euthanasia. Yeah, look, 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 your life is important. You're created by God. You matter. Um, and so it's not a, it's, to me that's not a Christian question. It's a human question. And if you are in a place where you are depressed, if you're getting down and you're discouraged, go get help. There's people out there who will help you. Uh, talk to the Lord. By all means, pray. He will bring you peace and he'll bring you some comfort. But he also put people on earth to help. Hunty, have you got that? Yeah, I do. Number there I was yet, right. Mate? It is 13, 11, 14 for Lifeline. And Beyond Blue is one three hundred two two four six three six. Just read them again because I think it's really important. Get help. Mm, Beyond uh, don't, Blue. Don't, don't try and get through this by yourself. Beyond yep. Blue, 1300. Sorry, one three hundred two two four six three six. Yep. And Lifeline, 131114. So 13, 11, 14. Yeah. Okay, mate. Next question. Okay. All moving along. Um, Are we going okay? Yeah, we're going good. Can Christians drink alcohol? Well, you can drink alcohol. Uh, I could give you, hey, Hunty, I'll tell you what. Yep. That question, why don't I answer it in the Bible study next week? Okay, good plan. That's a good topic. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. I think that's such an important question. Let's, yep, let's not do a Bible study it, on it. Let's give a glib. An- let's not give a glib answer. I'll ah, do a Bible study yep. with you next week. Yeah, well done. Okay, right. moving on. Uh, what does the Bible have to say about divorce and remarriage? Uh, Jesus said, "Unless there's been marital unfaithfulness, don't divorce." Marriage is a very is, is, is marriage is a very very sacred thing to Jesus. Yep. He created it, he made it, he invented it. It's to be a, marriage is to be between a man and a woman exclusively. And it's to be for life and it's to be a blessing. And unless the marriage relationship is fractured by unfaithfulness, Jesus says don't do it. Stay together, work it out. Again, like the previous question, Hunty, get help. If your marriage is in trouble, don't be ashamed. Go out there, find a good Christian counsellor or pastor he, he, he or she should be able to direct you rightly and get help. That's good advice. Get help. In fact, Hunty, my wife and I often will go to a counsellor just for a touch-up, you know, to you know how you take a car in for a tune-up? Yep. We'll do that for our marriage. We take it in for a tune-up, and we find it very helpful to go to a counsellor, just talk about things, make sure everything's on the right rails. So you don't even have to be in trouble uh, to go to a good... But finding a good Christian counsellor, now there's a, there's a challenge. Wow. Okay, um... This is to do with where where Jesus was when he lay in the tomb. Was he in heaven? Was he in hell? He was dead. He was in an unconscious state. In fact, I'll tell you what, Hunty. Yep. Watch the program tonight. True, true. We are going to cover it tonight, Watch the program yep. tonight where I'm going to answer that question. Yep, yep, what yep. happens to you after you die? Because what happened to Jesus when he died is what's going to happen to you when you die. Yep, uh, yep, yep. Okay, how's that one? That was good. Go to findjesus.tv. Yes. Or to our Aussie Pastor uh, Facebook pages. Yes. And or you will see it. Aussie Pastor on YouTube. Yep. Yeah, Aussie Pastor on YouTube. Okay, go on, Auntie. Okay. How are we going? We're almost there. Yeah, look, I think I'm that's a bit it. worried I'm about just, time. I'm just scanning through. I think 
That's it. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> yep. Are we seriously done? We've yep. done it all? Yep, done it all. Yep. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your questions. Can they continue to ask yes, questions? Yes, keep asking, keep emailing. We'll run them next time we're on. Right through the middle of the week? Of course. Doesn't if you're, if you're hearing this online. as a repeat, please still send us your questions. We'll, we'll field them next time we're live. We love it. Thanks for asking. Thank you. Such wonderful, very challenging questions today. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This next song, Rise Again, from Maletta Fong. She's a uh, another young lady, a local here in Sydney, actually, in a church not far from where we worship. Uh, beautiful singer, been singing for quite some time. I think you'll enjoy it, Rise Again.
That's Maletta Fong, and she's singing I Rise again. Good song, Hunty. I love it. Yeah. Got yeah. goosebumps. And as I say, yeah, she, she's, she's a young lady who works as a nurse here in Sydney, uh, a young Adventist woman, and, and beautiful singer. Got a few albums out, I think. How are we going with our live interview with Leon? Is let's, he there? Let's see if Leon's there. Hey, mate, you there? Yeah, Leon's here. <laughs> good, to, good to have you on board, Leon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> where, 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 where are you right now? Yeah, I'm I'm I, I'm in my home and I live at Warulan, just uh, near Kingaroy. So you're a long way away, man. Yeah, mate. Yeah. How far out of Kingaroy do you live? About fifteen kilometres. Okay. Does, yeah, it's describe... out, away from the yeah. Yes, yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, yeah it's away from uh, more the city. It's out in the country a bit, and it's uh, it's a bit sparse with population here. We love it. It's it's great. So you're in no COVID lockdown there, man. Well, uh, no, not at all, mate. No. Describe to us where you live. I, 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 now you're a friend of mine. I actually know, but but I, I want just our listeners to get a feel of the idyllic paradise you are blessed to live in. <laughs> oh, look, it's just uh, I encourage. You know, I, um, we don't hear a lot and don't have a lot to do with COVID, where, particularly where we live here. I went to Brisbane the other day and I didn't take a, a mask with me, and and I felt out of place, but. I did see a couple around there that weren't wearing them, but it's beautiful to come back out in the country where there's, we don't have the issues of that. So you've got land, you've got a garden? We, we only rent here, but we've got a, a huge um, place to, to rent and a garden that grows everything. It's red soil and it'll grow anything at the drop of a hat. It's beautiful. God has blessed us. So how many acres do you live on? There's about 1,800 acres here all up, but we uh, probably got with a with, with couple of horses here and and uh, probably uh, maybe an acre, acre and a half. Wow, beautiful. Where's, how far to your nearest neighbour? Um, which is my daughter that lives next door. She is, is uh, only a stone throw away. And the next neighbour, uh, probably maybe 300 uh, metres. Okay, so you really are actually living in the country. Beautiful, man. Yeah, it is. Oh, oh beautiful, uh, yeah. I mean, every time <laughs> I talk to you, I tell you how blessed you are, true, living out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, mate. And I believe you too. We are blessed. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, look, <clears throat> I'm going to get through these questions because we've got a time thing here, but um, yep. I think you're an interesting fella. How long, just briefly, how long have you been following Jesus? Um, I was baptised in December 2012, which is uh, approximately nine years ago at the age of 61. And you'd lived a life a long way from Jesus until then? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, in fact, I think it would be fair to say, what, you're into drugs, uh You've had relationships break down on you. You've, you've had, you even went to jail at one stage there, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. I lived a life of the world, um, and by his mercy, he uh, rescued me from the world, from drugs and alcohol and and uh, a very worldly life, a sad life. I know you don't like me saying this, but I think you've got one of the most powerful testimonies I've ever heard. And we've talked a bit in a previous program about your testimony, but you said you live... Now, tell us where you live again. Uh, I live at Warulin at W-O-O-L-I-N. Okay, 15 minutes out of Kingaroy, but where do you go to church? Well, Gainda, which is about 115 kilometres from here. Wow. So, so you go to church in Gainda, which is 115 k's, but you don't just go there. What, uh, what ministry did God call you to in that church? Um, well, that church, we had, there was only three members there, and we felt that, that they needed an outreach. Um, and, you know, through perseverance, 
um, and outreach. Uh, God has blessed us there, and there's more coming uh, each week now. Uh, and I've been doing this for three years at, at Gainda. Uh, so, uh, so Gainda, at Gainda, you're the head elder, and for those who are listening, those who don't understand what that actually means, you're the lay. You're, you're the you're the leader of the church outside the pastor. Yeah, yeah, humbly uh, I am. Yeah. Yeah, very. This is a humble man. This I got to. I got to pull it out of him. So you're the leader of the church at Gainda. That the church started off at three. What you're up around fifteen twenty most Sabbaths now. Uh, it, well, it can get. It, it varies. Um, Gainda has, has gone ahead in a, in yep. a wonderful way um, by um, oh the grace of God, you know. And and it will grow, and it's going to grow more. We had some people come last week from one family. Uh, for the first time, and uh, that yeah. they uh, that was just beautiful to have them there. They stayed for uh, the Sabbath school, they stayed for the main service, and then they stayed with us and had a lunch with us after. Now, this is what I find interesting. You go to church at Gainda on a yeah. Saturday morning because you're a Sabbath keeper. Uh, we actually talked about Dr. Peter Chamberlain, a guy way back in English history today. He was a Sabbath keeper. Well, like him, you're a Sabbath keeper. So you go to church Saturday uh, uh, morning... You stay yep. for lunch, and then you rush off somewhere. Tell us where you go, how far away it is. <laughs> um, after we we, we uh, fellowship after the service and until 1 o'clock, yep. uh, and then we, we get in uh, a bus, and whoever wants to come from Gainda, uh, we go another uh, 80 kilometres yep. uh, up to Idesveld. Now, Idesveld, uh, tell us about Idesveld. What sort of place uh, is it? Well, Oisvold is predominantly um, Aboriginal, uh, um, yep. um, and I lived in that town for 17 years yep. um, as an alcoholic and a drug addict, um, yep. and we just I, I never thought I'd go back, but what I didn't realise that God had me doing my apprenticeship there, and I had no reason to go back there, but God, God wanted me back there, and now every week we go back. So you were a drunk, you were an alcoholic, you were a drug addict in Idesveld for 17 years, and then yeah. you go back there. So they know you as a drunk, alcoholic, you know, as a, as a drug addict. That's how they know you. Then you go back there after Jesus converts and transforms your life, correct? The, now, the first part of that sounds terrible, but the last part's just wonderful. It is. It is wonderful. Yeah. So you go back there, and you actually go in there and start a church. Is that right? Yeah, we started a, a branch Sabbath school there, and and um, uh, we we've been we've been doing that now for three years as well. Uh, so that first Sabbath, been... go go back there for just for a second before you go on that first Sabbath. Yeah. How many people turned up to your <clears throat> church, your Sabbath um, afternoon church? In the first place, yeah, maybe one or two. How did they even know church was on? Well, they have a. I, I publish every Sabbath uh, or Friday night in Idesville, Rent and Rave um, of the 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 fellowship at the Uniting Church there that we rent in in Idesville. Yep. Um, and what's, so what's, rant, town, what's Rant and Rave, by the way? It, it's a uh, Facebook page. So you go to a Facebook page called Rant and Rave, and you just yeah, say, yeah, "Hey, that's... we're going to be worshiping this coming Saturday that's... slash Sabbath." In the local Uniting Church at say what three o'clock is that right? No, at two o'clock. Yeah, at two o'clock we start. Wow! So you leave your you leave uh, uh, your other church. Where was that again? At Gainda. At one o'clock, you're in yep. and worshiping by two o'clock in this rented church in Idesville. 
Yeah, we do. We just love it, mate. It's, it's a spirit-filled day. We leave at 7 in the morning and get back to Kororulin at 7 at night. It's just one full-on spirited day. So you start off with one or two people. How many people come to church now? At Idesville, there's it, it varies, but uh, usually between 8 and 12, and sometimes we've had up to 30 there. Sometimes now uh, there's a phenomenon, a miracle starting there with the children yep. coming. Sometimes we have between 12 and 15 children come. Wow. Do you do anything for the kids? Yeah, we've got, um, some of you may know, um, um, I better not mention her name, but she's the spirited yep. lady with Jesus. Uh, she sings, she plays the uh, uh, piano, uh, she plays the keyboard, she teaches the children about Jesus, mate, and, and God sent her there, I have no doubt. It's just a, a wonderful thing to to, um, to witness, to see the children come and enjoy it with enthusiasm. Take us very quickly through a worship service at Idesville Church on Saturday, Sabbath afternoon. Well, first of all, we, we try, we understand that it's a brand Sabbath school and we don't do it as in a formal church. Um, uh, protocol. Um, when, man, by the way, for our listeners, when 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 uh, Leon says branch Sabbath school, what he means is that's like a Sunday school. Uh, just yeah, so, well, so exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, so go that's on. Right, yeah, um, and and we have uh, because um, we've got a pianist now that just makes that piano talk. We just sit in there for about half an hour when we get there, and we yeah. just sing praises to God, and everybody just joins in, and, and it's, it's just joyous to absolutely see. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 and hear the singing of them. Yep. Then we either we either do a study or um, um, we 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 preach um, to them and, and and then do maybe a study later. But there's, it's it's just a, an a informal um, gathering together to worship Jesus. Uh, it's a beautiful thing, you know, having spirit worship like that, spirit driven oh, worship great. like that. Hey, when you look at your church, is it? Is it an Aussie church? Is it an Indigenous Aboriginal church? Is it a mixture? What sort of people come to your church? It's a mixture. Um, you know, um, the town I lived in um, is, is uh, predominantly Aboriginal, which they're best beautiful people. Yep. Um, and I see um, some, when I first went there, some of them were aggressive, and it's not just because of the, the Aboriginal. Uh, the, the other parts of the town were too, and now I'm seeing those same people giving their hearts to Jesus and getting off drugs and alcohol and, and seeing their lives changed and having a life of peace, mate. That's where I get most of my joy from. Is there anyone that looks at you and stunned at the changes they've seen in you since when you used to live in Idesville till now? Oh, look, there's people there that come uh, and they can't believe it's the same person, and I give all praise to Jesus, mate. I, I don't take any credit for myself. Okay, well, last question, mate, because I'm out of time, but I want to ask you this. Yeah. This little church has gone from 3 to 15 and sometimes up to 30 in three yep. years. Yep. You only go there really once a week on the Sabbath afternoon. That's what right, do yeah. you What do you put the phenomenal growth in your little church down to? Last question. Well, for me, it's pretty simple. Um, uh, I'm convinced that God knows the roots of our heart. Uh, he knows whether we're genuine. And I know when we give up our lives and become a living sacrifice for him, he will use each of us in a powerful way. Uh, and God will take you on a ride with him. Uh, and I've yep. often said, and I always say, that we then need to fasten our seatbelts. So just uh, imagine, I have no, I have, my wildest imagination could not have given me what I'm seeing there happen now. It's fabulous, Leon. And, and I mean, we, we, you and me talk about it on the phone at times. 
Hey, yeah. uh, don't be a stranger, mate. This is not the last time I'm going to get you on for an update <laughs> about what's going on at Little Idesville, which I think is the beef capital of the Burnett. Is that correct? It's not, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, yeah. all praise so we're to Jesus, get you, the pastor. Yeah, yeah. We're oh, going to get yeah, you back oh. on board. We're going to listen to more <laughs> stories. It's wonderful. God bless you. May the Spirit keep working with you, mate. God bless you too. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Good story, Hunty. Very good. This guy's on fire. Mm. He really is. Mm-mm. And I'm going to get some more stories because I think he inspires us yep. who are out there on the front line that wherever you are, no matter what your resources, you can do something for Jesus if your heart is is, is given to him. And, and that's what Leon is. This is a, a, a an ordinary guy. He's a panel beater, actually retired. Wow. He's led a life of riotous living, and God saves him. He goes back to the place where he did all the damage, yep. and now he's gone back and he's taken Jesus there, and it times up to 30 people in that church, not a single one of them baptised Adventist Christians. Fantastic. All coming in from the community, Indigenous, uh, Aussies, all sorts of people coming in and worshipping together. It's phenomenal, and it's inspiring. Hey, this next song is a beautiful song. It's called All to Us, and it's from Hello Music. I hope you yep. enjoy it. Precious cornerstone, sure foundation, you are faithful to the end. We are waiting on you, Jesus. We believe you're all to us. Precious cornerstone, sure foundation, you are faithful to the end. We are waiting on you, Jesus. We believe you're all to us. Church, let the righteousness of God be a holy flame that burns. Let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives. We believe you're all to us, only Son of God sent from heaven. Hope and mercy at the cross. You are everything. You're the promise. Jesus, you are all to us. Let the glory of your name be the passion of the church. Let the righteousness of God be a holy flame that burns. Let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives. We believe you're all to us. Let the glory of your name be the passion of the church. Let the righteousness of God 
Be a holy flame that burns Let the saving love of Christ Be the measure of our lives We believe you're all to us You're all to us You're all to Jesus, you are all to me. Absolutely. He is just wonderful. We're not going to have a quiz this week because I've got to recover financially, honey, because we've got a winner of our wide, uh, how do I say, wide leather bound. margin leather-bound Bible. Yes. And so I've blown the budget. Now, they never gave us their name, but they did give us the phone number, honey. That's right. Just, now, we're not just... going to read the phone number out, no. but honey no. will contact you and we will get your wide margin leather-bound Bible to you. Hey, Hunty, do you remember mm. the question? I do. I do, and I've just texted um, our winner Yep. To let them know that they've won. And I said, hey, what's your name? What's your address? So we can send you at the prize. Uh, your mobile phone number ends in 46. Okay. All right. Yeah, so, so the winner the is... Question? What was the question? Uh, the question was... Um, Who was in the fire? That's right. And where can you find that in the Bible? Yeah, so give us the answer, Hunty. Well, the winner has said in Chapter 3 of Daniel... Sorry, in Chapter yep. 3, and it's Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, and Jesus. It's Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And, and Jesus, yes. Yeah, not Daniel. Sorry. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, <laughs> and, Jesus. and Jesus. They were in the fiery <laughs> furnace, yes. And it was in Daniel chapter 3, and on Friday night, I'm going to be preaching about that online too, Hunty, in Six Tips to Survive in the Apocalypse. That's right. Just, That's we'll right. that in there yes. on the Aussie Pastor Facebook page and yep. or on our YouTube page. Quiz will be up and along next week. Hold on, not far away, and we'll have a good, we'll have a very good prize. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. The champion of love, Hunty. Yes. From Fountain View Academy. Yep. First time ever I've put the same group on twice wow. in the program. Love this song about Jesus and how much he loves us and how he defends us. The Fountain, what is it? The champion of love from Fountain View Academy. 
Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention? I want to introduce to you in this corner of the good and the right stands a champion robed in white. His height exceeds the heavens. His weight outweighs the world. His reach reaches everywhere. His age is evermore. He is higher than the highest, greater than the great. No one will ever take his power away. He is mightier than the mightiest. He reigns from above. Big finish. That's from kids, 18 years and younger, school kids. Wow. From the school in Canada, Fountain View. It's incredible. Incredible. Hey, 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 no, no, before you start, I just got a text back from our winner, Patty. Yeah. So we know her name now. It's Patty. God bless you, Patty. You're getting a good Bible and you're sending me broke. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm running out of time, Hunter. Okay, let's go. Here's the question. Yes. How is the Christian church, how the Christians, how are Christians to relate to the government when it comes to the pandemic and laws that the government is instituting. Remember, this relates back to a news article we looked at at the beginning. Yes. We had a church in the middle of the pandemic against the law, opening up for worship. That's right. And the reason I ask this question, Hunty, is because even in our own denomination all over the world, I see these what I call little quasi-rebellions breaking out against the government where people don't want to... Christians sometimes Adventists, don't want to wear masks. 
They want to worship no matter what the government says. They see it as impeding on their freedom and their conscience and it's a sign of the times and the world is ending. Well, that could be true too. But what does the Bible say about our relationship to the civil authorities? I think this is important. I want to make two major points, Hunty. Yep. And I want to let the Bible answer. So the first one I want to make is found in Romans chapter 13. Yep. I want you to read it straight, yep. Andrew. Sure. I want you to go from verse 13 yep. right through to verse... Uh, sorry, verse 1 right through to about verse 5. Okay, no worries. Just straight. Yep. And I want you to listen to this. This is Paul the Apostle, and this is what he says about how we should relate to the government. Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the by the way, Hunty, Hunty, yes, yes, yes. this is Romans what? Chapter, uh, Romans chapter 13. Chapter 13. NLT. If you want to follow it, yep. in the NLT, keep going. Yep, yep. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honour you. The authorities are God's servants, sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants, sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Okay, okay Hunty. Wow. You read that. Wow. That's cool. That's amazing. So in the context of the pandemic, yep. are they trying, uh, is the government trying to stop us worshipping? No. How do we know that? Well, because we're worshipping online. That's right. If this was a communist country or some of the other countries that are dominated by other religions that enforce a one-state religion, you try to worship online, they're going to come at you. They don't care whether you're in a, a hall, whether you're in a church, whether you're doing it online, they'll come at you. Yep. The Australian government is not trying to stop us worship. That's, that's the right. first point. Correct. These laws are specific laws for a pandemic that's out of control. And God's pretty clear here. Yes, very clear. When the government make laws for the good of the people, then you must obey. So in my view, as I read that, it's very, very wrong when churches rise up in rebellion in the middle of a pandemic when all the government is trying to do is protect people. Right. We should be cooperating. Correct. Not rising up in rebellion because we care and we love others and we don't want to be a part of spreading it. But people will say, well, well, what about if the government makes rules that are against God's laws? Well, I don't think that's happening here. No. In fact, I'd argue that strongly. But there are some cases where the government will do that. So when the government does that in the light of Romans 13, should I obey God or should I obey the government, the secular government? Well, the Bible's pretty clear on that too. There's a story in Acts chapter 5 about Peter and the disciples and they're preaching, and they get arrested. And the government of the time comes back at them and says, as they arrest them, they're arrested by the government for preaching and teaching Jesus in Jerusalem. And the government says, stop preaching, stop teaching Jesus in our city. Well, I want you to read just verse 29 of Acts chapter 5 sure. about Peter's reply, Hunty, because it yep. is crucial. Uh, but Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. So I've got to be clear on this. When the government sets up laws that transcend and go against God's law, who do we obey? God. 
we obey God every single time. time. But I want to talk to our listeners from my heart for a moment as we, we close our program today. This pandemic is awful. Mm. People are getting sick and people are dying. My own wife has lost two relatives in Indonesia, Hunty. Yeah. Our church at New Hope here in northwest Sydney, we are a multicultural church. True, mate? True. I think we've lost what? Relatives of people in our church, I think we've lost maybe up to close to a dozen. Yes. Yep. Some in Africa, uh, uh, one of our mates, Hunty, yep. lost two aunties and, and an, an uncle, uncle. in yep. one day in Malaysia. Yep. Yep. So this virus is killing people. And the government has put these laws in place not to stop us worshipping. That's not what it's about. They've put these laws in place to protect us and to try and let our cities and our nation move out of the pandemic and back into normal times. This is not a challenge to God. It's not a challenge to freedom of worship. Now, if the pandemic ended and they were still banning worship, we'd have a problem, huh? Of course, of course. Then you would have a problem. But that's not what is happening and it's not... What will happen? So I want to encourage Christians everywhere out there in this time of challenge and difficulty, submit to the government, worship God and pray for healing in our land. All to Jesus I surrender All to Him I free Surrender
beautiful song. Mm. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, as we close our program today, we are living in the middle of a pandemic. I would pray that you will give us wisdom. Help us to know the difference, Lord, between genuine threats to our worship and our freedom and our liberty to follow you. Help us to know the difference between that, Lord, and a government that is struggling with laws, battling with a pandemic, and trying to lead a nation back to health and security. Give us wisdom from the Holy Spirit, I pray. And may we not be seen as rebels, but people who support our government as they try to do this worthy cause, this worthy task. And so I pray, Lord, now that you will bless us, that you'll keep us, that you put a hedge of strong angels around us, until we meet next time in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, my name is Lloyd Grolman. I'm the Aussie pastor. Loved having you on the program today, and I love you. But you know what? Jesus, he loves you a whole lot more. Look forward to seeing you next time. Goodbye, God bless, and keep very, and I mean this from my heart, keep very, very safe. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, or ways to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 